Take your Bibles, if you would, turn with me back to the book of Proverbs. We're in chapter number 7 tonight. We are making some progress, are we not? (laughs) Proverbs in chapter number 7 tonight. Proverbs in chapter number 7. And we come to one of those sobering chapters in the Bible, which is a warning to the young man and deals primarily with one of his two... uh, Enemies that are mentioned in the book of Proverbs and those two enemies of the young man are, number one, the strange woman and the foolish man. And so uh, we're going to deal uh, with uh, uh, the uh, the strange woman in our text tonight. And um, the Bible gives a solemn warning here. And let me say this, as we, as we talk about it, we're going we're gonna to look at the profile of this strange woman. And the right kind of young lady will be just the opposite of everything God has to say about her. Just the opposite. Now, young ladies, you embrace femininity and innocence and character. And don't worry about what the world is doing. Amen. Don't worry about what the world's doing. And so uh, everything we learn about her is exactly what you ought not to be. And um, But the warning comes in verse number one, my son. Again, this is the young man's book. And the king passed it on to his son. My son, keep my words. Hold tight to these words of advice, young men. And lay up my commandments with thee. Um, uh, look at it for a minute. That little phrase, lay up. Do you know that every time you come to church, you'll get something you need? Now, you may not need it tonight, but you're going to need it. Which is why you ought to pay attention all the time. Amen? You lay it up. Coming to church is sort of like putting, every time you come and get a truth, you, you put it in your medicine cabinet. Now, you may not need, you may not need that medicine every day, but one day you're going to need it. And you ought to take it into your heart. And lay it up, and one day it could save your life. Amen? So he said, son, keep these words. Uh, 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 Hold tight to these words of advice. Guard them closely and lay them up. You may not need them now, but you will need them. Verse 2, keep my commandments and live. They could literally save your life. And my law as the apple of thine eye. Twice God used that terminology for his people. The nation of Israel calls them the apple of his eye. Once he says of David. David uh, is uh, identified as the apple. Well, actually, David wrote it. He said, I'm the apple of his eye. So (laughs) that's sort of like John calling himself the beloved. I'm his favorite. Uh, But David said, I'm the apple of his eye. But uh, that's just uh, that special place. And, uh, and, uh, in a literal sense, it's the, it's the, the cornea, uh, uh, eyes, uh, can be easily damaged. And, uh, he said, so you, you guard that. And, uh, like you would your eyes. You know what, you know what a raven, remember that verse in, the, uh, he said, uh, uh, the, 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 the young person that mocks his father, the raven of the valley shall pluck his eyes out. Do you know, when you get to the place where you mock your parents, you're just about dead spiritually. A raven, before he'll eat something, he'll peck at its eyes to make sure it's dead. Because if there's any life in you, you're going to protect your eyes. And so he said this. He said, you guard these laws. You keep these commandments like you would the apple 
of thine eye. Verse 3, bind them upon thy fingers. You ever tie a string to your finger? He's, He's saying, don't forget this. How many of you write notes on your hand? You write notes on your hand. I've seen some of you do it. <laughs> write that number down on your hand. And uh, anyway, so he said, bind them upon thy finger. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Don't just tie a string and don't put a sticky note. Uh, but uh, he said, write it on your heart. Get you an iron pen with a diamond tip and write it on the table of your heart. In other words, take it to heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister. And call understanding thy kinswoman. Thou art my sister. What, you know, here's what he's saying. He's saying protect this. If, if, a, if a young man has any chivalry at all, any manliness, any strength at all, he'll protect his sister. Now, he might pick her to death, but nobody else is allowed to. Amen. <laughs> he's going to protect it. Any masculine whatsoever, he'll protect his sister. And so he said, you, you protect these, this wisdom like you would your own flesh and blood, like you would your sister. That they may keep thee, protect thee from the strange woman. From the stranger which flattereth with her words. That they may keep thee, protect thee. What we're getting ready to read, this wisdom that's given to us, is given to us for our protection. What? From the strange woman. You know, there's something interesting about, if we were to go back to chapter number 2, there's something about this strange woman. She's described in chapter 2 as one who forsaketh the God of her youth to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattereth with her words, Verse 16, verse 17, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God, which forsaketh the guide of her youth and forgetteth the covenant of her God. Listen, this strange woman that's being described for us in chapter 7 had a guide in her youth. She had a parent. She had a grandparent. She had a pastor. She had teachers. She had someone, a godly influence in her life, meaning she knew better. She knew better. But she forsook the guide of her youth. She got in the place, I know better now. I'm smarter. And it says in Proverbs 2, 7, uh, 17, that she forgetteth the covenant of of her God. At one time, she had made some covenants. She had made some decisions. She had been guided by godly influences, and she followed those godly influences, and she made commitments as a young lady, but then she got to the place where now she's smarter than that. Now, may I say this, that they may keep the, back in our text here, chapter 7, verse 5, that they, these commandments, this wisdom, this discretion, this understanding, that they may keep thee. Young people, listen, all the wisdom you've been given, all the discretion, all the understanding, all the Bible studies, all the sermons, all the Bible classes, all the Sunday school classes, all the youth conference messages, all the camp servants, all the Bible journey journaling, all the testimony services, all the bus ride testimony services, they have a purpose. 
And that is to keep you, to guard you, to protect you, to keep you from going out and being the foolish young man or the strange young woman. It's supposed to guard you and protect you. Let them do that. Don't forget them. Now let's see what the Bible describe how the Bible describes her. Verse number six. For uh, let's read verse five. Let's read verse five. That they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my casement I looked at the window of my house, I looked through my casement and beheld among the simple ones, I discerned among the youths a young man void of understanding. She beheld among uh, 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 the simple ones, among the youths, a young man void of understanding. Let me tell you what the, how the Bible describes this strange woman. Number one, She's a predator. She's a predator. She's after the young. She's after the inexperienced. She's after the simple one. She's after the one that does not understand the danger that he's in. Can I tell you something about sin, young people? Misery loves company. And sin loves company. Men who are in sin seek others to be in sin with them to assuage their troubled conscience. She has left the guide of her youth and now she is leading others. This is the girl who has fallen and wants other girls to follow with her. This is the girl who wants to be promiscuous and wants other girls to go along with her and be promiscuous. Promiscuous. She is after the innocent. Hey, the bad boys, girls, the bad boys are after the innocent girls. Young men, the uh, the bad girls are after the innocent young men. I love that little story, and I've told it many, many times. A young lady kept herself, made some decisions in her youth to keep herself and to stay pure till she got to the marriage altar, and that made her eventually the object of ridicule and scorn among some of her friends in school, and she found herself backed in a corner in a locker room with a group of antagonizers mocking her because she was decent and she was pure and she was innocent. And she very wisely turned that back on that group of girls and said, listen, anytime I want to, I can be like you but you can never be like me. Now, young people, listen to me. Don't you give away something so precious as your innocence and your purity. Well, how are they making fun of me? Let them howl. Let them rage. Let them mock. Let them scorn. You just rise above. Amen. You just put that little... Let that let, let little lip of yours, let it curl up at the edge right there that says, you go ahead and laugh, but I know something and you know it too and I know you know it. You know you're stuck where you are and you know you want me and I got your number and I'm not coming with you. Don't be ashamed of that. Proverbs 27, Proverbs 23. Turn over there for just a second. Let me show you this. Proverbs 23, then we'll we'll come right back. 
Proverbs 23 and verse 27. <laughs> Look at this, what it says of the strange woman. Proverbs 23, verse number 27. It said, For a, a whore is a deep ditch, and a strange woman is a narrow pit. She also lieth in wait as for a prey, and increaseth the transgressors among men. Look at that phrase in verse 28. She also lieth in wait as for a prey. She's like a like a, a a, 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 a large cat, like a, a lion or a tiger or something, lying in the grass, waiting for her prey to come by so she can pounce. She's a predator. She's a predator. Now, may I say this? I don't want to say this lovingly, but I want to say it strongly. Young people, you have had opportunities. If you have been in this church or a like-minded church, You know what is right. You have had guides in your youth. You've had parents, perhaps. You've had pastor, a pastor's wife, youth pastor, youth pastor's wife, Sunday school teachers, in some cases school teachers, and other mentors in this church that have loved you, that have taught you, and that have helped you, and you have had guides in your youth. Now listen carefully. If you decide to throw away the advice that's been given you. And you decide to throw in your lot with harlots and whoremongers. Listen to me carefully. Do not trot yourself back here and flaunt your sin in front of our youth. Those that are still trying to do right at least have enough decency to respect those who are trying to live right. Now, I don't care what you do. Young people, I love every one of you. I don't think anybody in this room is going to throw your life away to the world. But I also know some will. I don't believe it's going to be Keegan. I, 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 I can point every one of you young people. I don't think it's you. It's, I don't think it's you. 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 But I also know human nature, and I know some of you will. I don't believe in a single individual. When I look at you as an individual, I don't think you will. But I also know human nature. Now listen, I don't care where you go, don't care what you do. You are always welcome here. You will always be loved here. But do not shame yourself and others and those who loved you and invested in you by undermining the authorities of those who sacrificed you for you in your youth. Don't trot down here to a ball game at Bailey's Grove Baptist School and show off your worldliness. You may be worldly and we are not going to stop loving you. I will embrace you. I will I will tell you of my love. I will continue to pray for you. But don't you come down and flaunt your sin and worldliness in front of a bunch of kids who are still trying to live for Jesus Christ. In 2 Samuel 10 verse 4, Hunan wanted to shame David's servants, so he cut off their garments even to their buttocks. When God wanted his Nazarite servants conspicuously to display their devotion to him, they had to bear the public shame 
of having long hair, which God clearly says is a shame for a man. So listen, you will be loved no matter what you do, but don't come around and publicly display your shame as if to say, I'm now enlightened and I feel sorry for you little pipsqueaks over here still keeping all the rules and still try to live by Bible principles. No, sir. Have enough respect for yourself and others not to do such a shameful thing. Have the decency and respect for those who loved you and taught you and trained you. Give consideration to them. Look what else the Bible says. Verse 8. Passing through the street near her corner. And he went the way to her house. In the twilight, in the evening, in the black and dark night. Number one, who is this strange woman? Number one, she's a predator. She's looking for the innocent. She's looking for the simple-minded. She's looking for the ones who don't have the privileges to watch anything and everything because the rules at home, mom and dad have given for their safety. Uh, they, you, you, you don't listen. Don't you be the one that introduces the kids in this youth group to things their parents do not approve of. She's a predator. Number two, she's a woman of the night. She's a woman of the night. Why? There's a reason people call it the nightlife. Sin thrives in the dark. Sin thrives in the dark. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 3. John chapter 3 in the New Testament. Gospel of John chapter 3. Look at verse number 18. John three eighteen. You're familiar with these verses. <clears throat> John three, eighteen. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness. Notice that phrase. Rather than men loved darkness. Rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Sometimes we are given the impression that men are sinners because of man's weakness or ignorance. No, the Bible says all men are willful sinners. Romans 121, when they knew God, they glorified him not as God and their foolish Hearts were darkened. The Bible tells in verse 19 here, men love dark. Men reject the light because they love their sin. (laughs) That's why men reject light. They love their sin. Why? Because the sin, uh, the light, the Bible says, reproves them. Lest his, in verse 20, lest his deeds should be reproved. Listen, uh, (laughs) the right kind of young person... First of all, mom and dad uh, is going to provide accountability and curfew and parameters for the kids. Amen? And listen, look, we are not trying to stay a safe distance from the world, okay? We're trying to stay by this book right here. Amen? And the world's getting weirder and weirder and crazier and crazier and nuttier and nutter, right? 
So we're not trying to stay a safe distance from the world. We're trying to live by this book right here. Amen? The fact of the matter is, it's more dangerous at night. Nine out of ten DWIs happen at night. Seven out of ten murders happen at night. Rape, sexual assault, six out of ten happen at night. Robberies, six out of ten happen at night. It's more dangerous. Wise young people do not wander around after dark. Wise young people do not sneak out of the house and run off with a friend after dark, at night. They don't do that. Wise young people go home at night. They're at church at night. That are well uh, organized, well chaperoned activity. That's where they are. Listen to 1 John 5, 7. This then is the message we've heard of him. And declaring to you that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanseth us from all sin. Yes, that has spiritual application. It also has practical application. Walk in the light. First Thessalonians 5, verse 4. But ye brethren are not in darkness, that the day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night, nor of the darkness. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch, let's be alert, and be sober, be on the lookout. For they that sleep, sleep in the night. They that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober putting on the breastplate of faith and love and for an helmet, the hope of salvation. Amen. Amen. Now listen, young people, if you ever find yourself somewhere where you ought not be and you're at the wrong place around the wrong people at the wrong time, you, listen, there's so many means of communication. You get yourself out of there. You make a spiritual 911 call. Call your mom. If you can't get her, call, call your dad. If you can't get her, call the pastor. If you can't get him, call the youth pastor. You call and say, uh, pray for me. Right now, I'm in a place I do not need to be. About that time, somebody says, who are you talking to? I'm talking to my pastor. What? You know what you just did? You just turned the light on in a dark place. That's what you did. Can you help me get out of this situation I'm in? There's danger in darkness. One of the primary dangers of darkness is the danger of anonymity. The reason why the majority of violent crimes happen at night is because people can hide their identity. Now you and I know this, that the world has changed in the last decades. And where you needed a mask... And darkness to be anonymous several decades ago, you can sit in an airport and just put the screen where no one can see it and do wicked, vile, perverse things anonymously. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory. You know what that verse teaches? That verse teaches that the image that you gaze upon, you listen to me, the image you gaze upon with open face, the image you gaze upon, you 
become. You become whom you admire. You have no idea who I'm talking about, so I'll tell you. A boy came home from Bible college, walked in the door of the church, and on the way home from church, I said, Sweetheart, that boy's listening to Christian rock music. I said, How do you know that? And I told her why. That fast, his look changed. And what I, and, and, and it's absolutely proven true. You know what? We, when you start looking like and your mannerisms and acting like and dressing, you, that which you have gazed upon and admired, you begin to become like. Same thing if you are open faced with the Lord and you worship in the Lord, you're going to become more like Him. Amen? The same is true with evil. Hebrews 4, 12 and 13, the word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Bible, the word of God, cuts like a surgeon's scalpel. It divides asunder the matters of the soul, of the spirit, the matters of the joints and the marrow. It's a discerner of thoughts and intentions. Ulterior motives, listen to the next verse. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. This book right here reveals, it's like looking in a mirror. It shows us ourselves. You read the Bible like, oh, that's me. <laughs> that's its intent. God, God meant for it to do that. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. The light of this truth, this book right here, exposes us. John 3 says, Everyone that doeth evil hateth the light. Verse 21, He that doeth the truth cometh to the light. So the danger of darkness is your ability to speak anonymously. Folks, listen to me. Listen to me. I read an article, I read a, uh, a headline today that our administration, the Department of Justice, has basically put a pause on investigating and pursuing child pornography cases in America. That's not important. What is important is a dozen, two dozen FBI agents, seven o'clock in the morning, at gunpoint, taking a man into custody who spends eight hours a day, twice a week in front of an abortion clinic trying to counsel people and trying to pray with people. And a queer came up in his face screaming profanities for weeks and weeks. He brought his 11-year-old boy with him. And the queer got in his little boy's face screaming profanities. He said, get off my boy. Get away from my boy. Pushed him back. Fell on the ground. The man brought uh, uh, criminal charges against him. Went to court. The judge threw it out. So the Department of Justice, the federal government, took up the case of a man who shoved someone back from his 11-year-old boy who's shouting profanities in his face. But we're not going to pursue 
Child pornography. It is absolutely sick. The, the predators that are creeping around, unfettered, unfiltered, internet access. I want to say this, okay? Please listen to me. And I'm, you need, I understand that you want to make sure your kids are safe. I need to know they got here safely. I need to know they got here safely. I understand that. Okay? I'll just, this is a side note. I want to remind you that 20 years ago, somehow we figured out how to do that. Okay? As a side note. I understand that, and I'm not here to tell you what to do as a parent. You've got to make that choice. But you better make sure you think beyond that. You better make sure that you think beyond, oh, okay, thank you, so I'm glad you're safe. Okay, great. I'm glad you made it safe. That's wonderful. How about the hours of access where you have no earthly idea what they are seeing, who is soliciting them, where they're going, what history they've already erased. You don't know. You don't know. This used to be primarily a man issue. It's not a man, it's not just a male issue. Females are as caught up in pornography, just about caught up with the men anymore. It's getting younger and younger. Why in the world do you think they want drag queens in our libraries, in our schools? The queers want our kids. They are, they are there by the millions and they're just a click away. They're advertising. There's not a kid in this room that would go looking for that. But you don't have to go looking for it. It's looking for you. The danger of darkness is the lack of accountability. Now I'm just saying, mom and dad... You better figure that thing out. And by the way, you say, well, I just don't think that. Okay, keep them by your side 24-7 until you figure it out. You find a way to know they're physically safe, where they're supposed to be. And you better figure out all that other time and how you're going to keep them safe. I believe we're going to answer to God for that. The healthiest and safest way for any of us to live is as transparent as transparently as possible. Let me say something. Fellas, you think you have a right to have a password on your phone or your tablet your wife doesn't have. You, you have no brain, sir. You have no brain. Wife, you think you have a right to have a device or a phone or a tablet and you've got some access to it and you don't want your spouse. You don't have a brain. He said, well, I'm not like that. My Bible says in Jeremiah, he said that, the, that in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Never trust the flesh. Never trust the flesh. Jesus himself said in Matthew 26, verse number 41, the spirit indeed is willing. That's not the problem. We all in our spirit. That, how many of you say, say amen. 
The spirit man wants to do right. Our spirit is willing. And in my spirit, I'm willing to pray. I'm willing to fast. I'm willing to witness. I'm willing to give. I'm willing to walk in holiness. The problem is his spirit lives in a body of flesh. <laughs> and how foolish for us to trust in our own flesh. The Bible said, cursed is the man that trusts his own flesh. Jesus said, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And can I say, the flesh will never be anything but weak. We need to acknowledge the deceit of our own hearts. Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Never trust the flesh and embrace accountability. You know the word record or recorder is used 43 times in the Bible. In the Old Testament, men were applied, employed to, to record to record, to make meticulous records. Can I tell you something? That brought accountability. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. Let us consider one another. The next verse, not forsaking this, assembling yourselves together. Do you know one of the primary functions of the local church is accountability we provide for each other? Accountability. The healthiest and safest way to live is as transparently as possible. Let me show you one more here. Look at verse number 10. This strange woman is a predator. She's a woman of the night. Number ten, Verse number 10. And behold, there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot. Number three, she dresses the part. You know, the verse doesn't say she's a harlot. It just says she dresses like one. She purposely dresses to draw men's eyes to her body. In the Bible days, a harlot was identified. They didn't dress like, they didn't, they didn't wear stilettos and fishnet stockings and miniskirts, okay? <laughs> but what they did, they wore a slit so that when they walked or when they wanted to, they could keep themselves covered, but when they wanted to, they could reveal their thigh. And that's what identified them as a harlot and someone who could be seduced. Back in uh, 22, uh, six years ago, I did a Bible study on these Wednesday nights. I just brought my notes up here with me. I'm not going to go through that whole Bible study, but I went through 36 different places in the Bible. It's like 60 sometimes the word nakedness is used in the Bible. And I went through all those places and many of these passages, uh, the word is used more than once. I identified 36 passages that teach us something about the subject of nakedness, and I taught all the way through that. Let me give you some highlights. The first mention, Adam and Eve in a state of innocence, nakedness. Second mention is Adam and Eve in shame because they fail. Their nakedness is now revealed. Third mention, Genesis 9, Noah got drunk and was naked. Fourth mention, In Exodus 20, verse 26, listen to this verse. Very interesting. Moses is in the mount receiving the Ten Commandments and the other instructions. And here's what he said in Exodus 20, 26. He said, neither shall... It's talking about uh, altars and worship. Neither shalt thou go up by steps unto mine altar that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. That's in your Bible. Thou shalt not... Go up by steps unto mine altar that thy nakedness be not discovered thereon. God said this. He said, you need to be mindful when you are elevated and you're wearing a garment such as a robe. You need to be careful 
not to reveal your nakedness. I'm going to say something. It's going to be frank. I'm going to try to be appropriate. Ladies, you know you ought to think not only about the length of your skirts and dresses, but you ought to think of the way you sit when you wear them. Fifth mention, Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 20, God mentions this issue. In Exodus chapter 28, he gives the answer to the issue. Listen carefully. He says in Exodus 28, 42, that the priest who he told, don't go up to your altar and reveal your nakedness. So he gave the answer. Exodus 28, 42, make them, the priest, linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins even unto the thighs shall they reach. By the way, he's talking to men. And the only time God uses the word breaches in the Bible is always talking about men, just in case you're interested. But here's what he said. He said, fellas, he said, we don't want to see your hairy thighs. And I didn't call, I did not me, God twice called that nakedness. I know some of you have to go pull your old 70 shorts out and throw them away now. <laughs> the seventh mention, Leviticus 18 and 20, uh, laws of decency, modesty, and purity. Over and over and again, he uses the words and warns against immodesty, even in the family situation. Um, I'll, I'll not linger there. Deuteronomy 28, uh, 1 Samuel uh, 19, 1 Samuel 20. First, uh, Second Chronicles 28, uh, the book of Job mentions at least four times. It's, uh, it's defined as the condition one comes into the world. Uh, it, it's defined in chapter 22 of being stripped of clothing. Chapter 24, no covering in the cold. Chapter 24, verse 10, without clothing. It's mentioned in Isaiah 20. Listen to it. Isaiah 20, verse 2, 3, and 4. Isaiah instructed was instructed to lay aside the outer garment that distinguished him as a prophet of God. Seeing him as such, he would have been deemed inappropriate, just like Saul in 1 Samuel 19, verse 24, like John the, uh, John the fisherman and John 21, 7. He would have been deemed inappropriate. These instructions were given to Isaiah to illustrate the shame and embarrassment that people would endure when they were taken into bondage. In Isaiah 47, verse 1, 2, and 3, nakedness is described as the shameful exposure of a bare leg the uncovering of the thigh. Now, can I tell you something? I won't go anymore. You say, well, I'm not for sale. Okay. Then you ought to dress like that. Well, I don't mean anything by it. You ought to work at meaning the opposite. Modesty is a command given to us. It's our responsibility. The strange woman dresses the part. First Timothy two nine, and again, I'm not just picking on the ladies right here. I'm talking to the men too. First Timothy two nine talks about modest apparel for the ladies. Let me say this about clothing. I'll be for modesty. 
Number two ought to be for distinction. Uh, Deuteronomy 22.5 clearly says man shouldn't wear what a woman wears. Woman shouldn't wear what a man wears. And by the way, the queers in Paris should not decide for us what's a woman's clothes and what's a man's clothes. What's that, what's that guy? Ah, I'm going to remember his name and I don't need to remember his name. Um, it's, it's, it's go around in skirts now. He's a famous actor. Mr. Cook, you told me what was your favorite actor. <laughs> what's the guy's name? I don't know. Anyway, if I said his name, many would know it. But these, what's that's no shock? I mean, really, honestly. Distinction. You ought to be distinctly male or distinctly female. And number three, the issue of association. Folks, listen, there are some things that are not in and of themselves sinful. They just associate you with the world. It's just worldly. And the Bible says, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. There are certain styles, hairstyles, clothing. They're not in and of themselves sinful. But I don't want to look like the world. I don't want to do the latest thing the world's doing. I'm a child of God. I'm called to be peculiar. Well, people will think that's strange. That's what God said we're called to. I didn't sign up for that. If you're a child of God, the Bible said you're a chosen generation. A peculiar people. Amen. What address? Three things. Number one, with respect for God. Number two, with respect for yourself. And number three, respect for others. Respect for God who made us male and female. Respect for yourself. Now, I don't do it, but I can't help but think it. You, you have no respect for yourself. I'm going to say this. And I better not say it. <laughs> okay. The world. The world. If, listen. If the, if the world can make a buck on somebody, the love of money is the root of all evil, right? You see some things the world's putting out there now? And 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 I'm just saying it's wrong in many ways, but what's being put out there now is wrong in this sense. Somebody made a buck off of you to make a fool out of yourself. You right now are making a fool out of yourself, and someone's profiting off you. That's his own category of sin. Leave the immodesty part out. Leave the leave the attire of a harlot part out. It's just like anyway. You don't even have to be attractive as long as it makes a book. And um, we're God's people. How many of you saved again? You saved. You saved again. You know what? We're God's people. Okay. <laughs> so let's 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 look like God's people. Amen. God's people are not supposed to look like the world. Amen. We're supposed to look like God's people. And all God's people said, Amen. Let's stand. Father, please teach us. Grow us.